Help me out here. Woo! Check out this jam, dude. Ja- J- Jackson 5. J- 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 Jackson. Mamma Michael Jackson. But when he was little, he's gone. R.I.P. That's a little bit of Jackson 5, which means I cannot monetize this podcast, eh? Oh, well, it's a good song. Hi, everybody. How we doing today? Okay, dude, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this beautiful day. It's a, uh, I am in Nebraska right now. I'm looking out the window of my parents' house, and I'm seeing green trees, blue skies, beautiful birds flying through those skies, and actually some snow. It randomly started snowing started snowing here last night late last night and that happened on april fool's day (laughs) it's like the lord up in the sky was just playing a little little dandruff joke on us humans here in nebraska just just rubbed his shoulder off little april fool style and dropped a little dandy on us here in nebraska and um the reason i'm in nebraska is because i am going on tour starting in the next couple days so my band we we started the band in this area actually in south dakota which is where our vocalist jeremy lives his he lives there up in south dakota in a farm town called scotland south dakota it's so funny it's so random and he is a an audio engineer up there so he does uh like he records bands and artists does a lot of albums and records and whatever you want to call them for different artists, and he's very, very talented. He does all of my band's stuff, and that's actually how I met him. So Brady, the drummer of my band, Earth Groans, me and Brady started playing music together when we were like 15 years old, I believe. I think we were 15-ish, and we played on the worship band in our uh, <laughs> in our church. We played on the worship band, and... Well, there's no way we were good. There's no way. But we have always stuck together playing music. We've been like, we've been bros through all of that. And we started a metal band, or we joined a metal band in high school called Type A Alert. Good times, good times. You can still find it out there on the internet. Um, and sorry, I have a little, I have a cold. I've been sick for the last week trying to get through that. I'm almost through it, but sorry if I sound a little stuffy. But Brady and I were in this metal band called Type A Alert, and that band, we decided to record with Jeremy up in South Dakota, and that's how Brady and I met Jeremy, and then Brady, or sorry, Jeremy, the mustache guy, okay, he decides to start this little group, this little rock band called the Jackson, uh, the Earth Groans 5, or the Earth, no, just the Earth, Earth Groans is what it was called, still called Earth Groans, actually, um, and we, we, he basically snatched me and Brady up, just, just grabbed us, just, just uh, grabbed us like a, like a lioness grabbing the cubs, saving them from a, a cheetah. I don't know if lions and cheetahs fight, but in my world, they fight to the death. So you gotta grab your baby cubs by the neck, but safely, just the neck skin right in the back. You pick them up, take them to safety, and that's what Jeremy did. He grabbed us by the necks safely. Just by the skin. Still hurts a little, but it's worth it because you got to save us. Okay? Thanks for saving us, Jer. 
Thank you. But, so I'm about to go on tour for a month with Brady and Caden and Jeremy. And also, our, we're bringing a video boy out with us. His name's Peter Barnes. He's an, he's an amazing videographer and photographer from Lincoln, Nebraska. And he, we're actually going to try to do daily videos, which is going to be insane. So kind of like little tour vlogs with, like, I think the emphasis on the performances every night. I'm not really sure... We're, we're going to figure it out as we go, but Peter's incredibly talented. So if you want to keep up with, with that kind of stuff, I, I'm honestly just super excited to see what Peter makes because I'm always the only video guy on tour because we usually just have a photographer. So having a video guy out with us is going to be, oh my gosh, it's going to be so cool to have someone to nerd out with because I try to like nerd out with the other guys. I'm like, dude, the GH5 has a sensor that like, it's like floating in the camera. It's sick. Dude, 4K. And they're like, sweet, dude. I'm going to go back to not listening to you. And that's how it ends. But now I have a guy that I can nerd out with. It's going to be so much fun. And, he, yeah, he's just so talented. I, I can't say it enough. He is. And he's, okay, what's crazy about Peter is he's actually a musical genius as well. And I'm not over-exaggerating. So you can literally fart. And he can tell you what note it is. Okay? if The fart's probably got to be long enough for him to get an establishing note. And you don't want your farts to have fart brado. You don't want them to go like... <laughs> you, you Spit on the mic. You, you kind of want them to be a solid tone. So if you, you got to kind of keep your, your rear end clenched in the proper way. And don't shake your body. Because you need, you, need <laughs> you need to get that note out. Solid note, okay? Don't be shaking your booty, okay? <laughs> Don't shake your booty. We need a solid note so he can pick up on it. But you can, like, sing any note. <coughs> Sorry, I'm sick. You can sing any note or say any note, depending on your skill level. And he can say it perfectly. And we've tested him. We've quizzed him. We've, like, we've hid the note from him so he can't see it. We pulled out a tone thing, like, on a phone app. And he can pick out the notes. It's crazy. So it'll be good to have him out with us. And I'm sure I'll be nervous because he'll be able to hear every mistake I make while playing guitar on tour for a month. But he's awesome. He's such a good guy. And I'm, I'm really excited to get up to South Dakota tonight, actually. It's Tuesday right now. You're probably seeing this on Wednesday or sometime in the future. I might even be dead at this point that you're watching this, which would actually be kind of crazy. That'd be kind of meta, but anyway, going up there tonight, we have rehearsals tonight and all day tomorrow, and then our first show is on Thursday, and what's exciting about Thursday, I think Thursday, yeah, Thursday, we're playing in Omaha, one of our beautiful patrons, Josh Roth, who I've kind of mentioned before, I filmed him and his wife's wedding uh, a couple years ago, and through the internet, we've kept up just recently through Patreon and YouTube, and I get to hang out with him and his wife, and, and also the band boys will be there. They're making us lunch, and I'm so excited. Josh, if you're watching or listening, thank you, man. I'm so excited to see you guys and catch up, see how marriage life is, and it'll be cool to just to meet Josh on a, on a friend level. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful. That's going to be sweet. I'm so stoked for some food. That's like I don't think people realize when you're traveling in a band that makes little to no money, Food is is your number one priority every day. 
that's the thing you focus on most is getting food and making sure the van has gas in it so you can get to the show. So you, you want to have food so, you have a, so you're happy and you're feeling good and you need gas to get to the place so you can perform and you do that over again. Food is the number one though. And it's not fun. I, I know a lot of bands just eat McDonald's and Burger King and, and honestly crap on tour. And we kind of did that for a while, but it it honestly, it takes an extreme toll on every part of your being. When you start to eat that kind of food every day, you don't have energy, which turns into performing poorly or treating people with less love. I mean, I feel like, at least for me, I can't speak for you guys, but when I'm hungry, I am way less kind to people. I can snap a lot faster or, or I don't know, just blow up faster. So having people give us food is is a tremendous gift, a tremendous blessing. And it might seem small, but even something that's just relatively healthy is so nice. So we've been pretty good the past year, I'd say, of trying to eat at places like Chipotle or if we have to go to somewhere like Taco Bell, um, there's healthier options. You can get the Fresca options or like the, the Power Bowls are honestly pretty good. Um, it's I can't do McDonald's anymore on tour. And I, I actually stopped eating McDonald's for I think a full year because I ate so much of it in college and I got a little bit of junk junk on me. And it's still kind of hanging around on, on certain areas, but I had to give up the McDonald's life and I had it on tour a couple times and it made me feel so sick because I finally got it completely away from me. So I do not eat McDonald's unless, okay, I take that back. Sometimes I eat their breakfast taco, uh, burritos. Those don't make me feel like cancer. So I, I can't eat those once in a while and their hot fudge sundaes. Those are the two things I will eat from McDonald's, but okay. Also, Speaking of patrons, okay, this if you're watching this video, you're seeing it on Patreon. That's the only place that this podcast is as of right now, and it's been it's been good. I think it's cool. I hope that you guys feel special and loved that you're the only ones that... <laughs> this sounds arrogant. You're the only ones that get to see me. That That's not the goal. I mean, the goal is to give you guys something um, aside from what I give everybody else on YouTube and the internet, and I hope that you guys like it. Um, I think it's fun. Like today I'm wearing, I got my shades on right now because I don't have any lights with me. I packed very minimally for this, this one month tour. So I didn't bring any lighting and it's just a camera and, and a microphone. I have a couple other things, but very simple setup. So I'm using my parents' window in their kitchen dining room area to light my face up. And so I have my shades on because I have very sensitive eyes. These blue babies, they're so sensitive, man. I... I get so cranky if I'm in the sun without shades. So, I got my shades on right now. It's a little it's get it's a little bit okay, but there's snow outside and the sun's just blasting off the snow. So it's burning my retinas. So I'm keeping these shades on for now. Plus I look so cool, right? Nah. But yeah, I'm just chilling here in my mom's kitchen. Just chilling. But patrons, I just want to say thank you so much. Last month was our very first full month of Patreon where I gave you guys some bonus content, you gave me some cash monies, and I am so excited because we have nearly 40 patrons, and because of all of your your patronages and your cash monies that, that you gave, I was able to get new audio gear for this podcast. 
So I want you to know that it your investment is is actually I wanted you to see that there's like return like right away like you guys I hope that you I I'm a total nerd with audio and video obviously that's my life but I hope that you guys can appreciate it as much as I do so I just kind of wanted to run through the gear that I got because of you guys like immediately you guys are improving the podcast and the stuff that I love to do my work as I would say and so let's just let's just reveal these little presents okay so we got very first thing Oh, look, it's a little road bag. So I was heavily deciding between two main broadcast microphones for the podcast. I wanted to go all out and just go like full broadcast quality so that when you see the videos or hear them, hear the audio, it's you know that this podcast audio-wise can compete with any any charting podcast. And we have a very, very small audience, but... You guys are still worth it, and I, I just like this kind of stuff, so I wanted to go all out. So I was deciding between the Shure SM7B, which is like any podcast you watch, like Joe Rogan, really any like broadcast or popular podcast that you see is going to have the Shure SM7B. So that's like the, the black microphone that has the foam capsule. It's very simple, minimal, sounds really, sounds good. But I've been watching tons of test videos and listening to ton, tons of samples between that and the, the Rode Procaster. And I actually went with the Rode. Check this baby out. If you're seeing the video, this thing is, okay, it is so heavy. It's solid. I love it. And it's got a built-in pop filter. It's very clean-looking minimal. It's like a matte gray finish. It's gorgeous. And I tested it out. It sounds awesome. And I bought one of those big Rode arms, those long microphone boom arms that are very high quality and minimal looking to put this microphone on. So that actually comes in the mail today. So I wasn't able to use this mic for this this podcast, but we got some new mics for guest work as well. So for guests and for just like run and gun style podcasts, because I want this podcast to sound and look amazing no matter where I am. And this is kind of the first test for that, which is why I wanted to get this gear now. It's because I'm going to be on the road for four weeks, which means four podcasts when I'm not at home or in my office in Nashville. So let's just let's just see what I got. Here's what I got, okay? Because of you guys, I got this this guy. This is the Shure SM58, and this is kind of a, a rock and roll standard like performance microphone. You can throw these things at at a at a bank vault and and then put it in between the vault where it closes and smash it and dude this thing will still work baby it's an absolute tank so i actually got two of these so like that podcast i did with james webb recently he was he was like an awesome guest i i was really dissatisfied with that quality um and we we used like a sure sm57 and which isn't really designed for this kind of stuff it's more for like guitar amps or drums and stuff and we also use a Rode handheld mic, which I didn't think was very good quality. So I got two of these 58s. I got them very um, inexpensive on Amazon through their warehouse deals. That's how I got all these. That That's like a really good place to get gear is Amazon, but look for the warehouse deals because they usually ship prime and they're usually a lot more affordable. So that's what I did. But microphones can only do so much. A lot of the quality 
what I've been learning through my research and, and through having Jeremy actually as a resource as well because he's an, an audio engineer. He knows all this stuff. He's a mastermind of this stuff. But through those resources and, and just looking through YouTube stuff, I've learned the most important thing is the audio preamps in the interface. So the microphones connect down into some sort of preamplifier that that records it, like a recorder that has preamps in it. And that just preamps just amplify a signal. So I'm talking into this microphone and it's creating a signal and the preamps are what amplify that and make it loud enough to hear. And that's how that's my basic understanding. I'm no audio expert by any means, but so what I got because of you beautiful patrons and what it's called is a sound devices mix P mix pre three, not a P three. It's a pre three. So the company is sound devices and the, the audio interface or recorder is the mix pre three. So basically this thing has really, really high quality preamps. So basically if I stop talking for a second, it'll sound really, really quiet and clean. No hiss. <laughs> One more time. Here we go. Dude, it's so quiet. And so before I was recording on the Zoom H4N and it's a decent like portable recorder, but this is blowing my mind. I feel like this microphone, just the SM58 through this sound through this Mix Pre 3 is already like way more broadcast quality sounding than my really nice USB Rode mic into OBS on my computer. So I'm just, I'm sorry if you don't care about audio stuff. I'm just nerding out, and I'm so, so freaking thankful. There are tears pouring out of my eye sockets, but you can't tell because I got these super cool shades on, okay? That's it, baby. <laughs> I'm so pumped. So I really wish I could use this mic today, but I will use that when I get back to Nashville. So these next, this podcast and hopefully the next three or four will be on the Mix Pre 3 with these SM58s. And, oh, it's sounding so good. It's so cool. So it just records to an SD card. And another really cool thing about the Mix Pre 3, I was deciding between the Mix Pre 3 and the Zoom F4 recorder. So that actually has four really nice XLR inputs. And XLR is just this style of connector, this microphone style. And the Mix Pre 3 only has three. But the Mix Pre 3 has built-in analog limiters. So basically, if I get really it will naturally limit that and keep it from peaking and spiking. Whereas the Zoom F4 has digital limiters. So basically the limiter kicks in after the audio has already been recorded. And so it tries to kind of like smush it down afterwards and it doesn't sound natural at all. And that's only if you're yelling, like getting super loud. Or if I have a guest, basically I went with this because I know that I laugh loud sometimes or... Sometimes I'm I get really weird and I just make noises or something and basically this will keep all of those levels sounding good. And if I have a guest that doesn't care about audio nerd stuff like this, then when they're getting wild and crazy or if they go yeah 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 really loud or something like that, it will limit that and it'll sound good. So I'm excited about that because I don't know who I'm going to have on this podcast. I might have to interview a family of, of dogs or sea lions, and they don't know much about audio, I don't think. I know they can make cool noises, but they're pretty loud. So we got limiters. We got analog limiters, three solid XLR inputs, and baby boys and girls, I'm so freaking pumped. <coughs> Stoked to see what this podcast turns into or if it fails. Either way, it's going to sound good. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man so thank you patrons you guys are so awesome i'm feeling so blessed by you guys seriously it's crazy that this is becoming a reality the the content creation as a full-time gig it's uh oh, man we're i think we're 20 percent towards our goal and um and i know a couple people i don't know if this is by mistake or by per or by intention but a couple of you patrons um signed up just for a one month donation with no rewards which is goofy but it's also kind of cool that you didn't even need anything in return um i don't know if that was by accident but if you're watching this by chance consider doing the the monthly thing so that you can see these videos and and uh and yeah and get consistent rewards so it's been fun it's been fun like shouting out at every single patron at the end of my videos and I don't get bored of it. And somebody commented there, they were saying, I feel bad for the day that Zach has to shout out a hundred patrons. And I think it was just a joke, but in my head I was like, I am so stoked for that day. But I will say a hundred names every single freaking day. If I have to, I do not care. And it kind of gives me a chance to do something goofy at the end of the videos. Like one of my recent ones, I put the green screen behind me and I, <laughs> I just I was I don't know what I was thinking but I just put a video of horses <laughs> running through pastures <laughs> behind me while I shouted out patrons and my mom is a patron and I didn't even try to time it out but exactly when I said her name there was this transition in the horse video that I ripped off YouTube where it was just a heart shape that opened up and more horses came through the heart right as i said my mom's name oh dude i was crying when i watched that afterwards because i didn't even proof that part i just put the green screen thing over i was like whatever happens happens oh man that is like those are the things that a video editor enjoys that nobody else gets to see me just crying alone <laughs> while horses run through the field of my mother's name yeah that's it. That's my goal in life, okay? And also, my mom is just the sweetest little lady of all time. I woke up today, slept in, wanted to feel good, trying to get over the sickness, wake up. First thing I think of when I wake up, I was I was thinking, I should drive into Norfolk today, my hometown, and get a coffee. I need coffee. I come outside into the kitchen, and this coffee sitting on the counter, and there's a little note that says, Scooter's Coffee for you. What the heck? So nice. Such a loving woman. Oh, man. I think that's why... I don't know. I don't know if this is weird, but I think... I think some of the reasons I love Lauren are because she... She and my mom have similar qualities in some ways of how they're both just really, really selfless. And... <laughs> this is the dumbest way to say it, but they take care of me. Like... I don't, I'm trying to think of how to say this in a non-weird, creepy way, but like Lauren and my mom both really love other people and will put other people above themselves. And I'm not saying I want to use, use how they are for my gain. Naturally, they, they provide gain in my life, provide benefit and value, but it inspires me is what I'm trying to say. When I come outside and see the coffee sitting on my table, I know Lauren would do that for me. And then that makes me think, oh, I, I need to do this for other people. That's what I'm trying to get at with that. Not that I'm just trying to absorb their love and not return anything, but to spread that back to them and to other people as well. I think that's kind of cool. It's nice to have, I don't know, I just, I I know that I'm really lucky to have amazing parents 
Um, and honestly, it, I wish I could understand a better perspective of what it's like to grow up without that. I can't, like, that's a foundation for me. That's an absolute gift that I have parents that were there. And it's so common now to, to go through that, go through life without parents being there. Um, and, okay, if you're out there listening to this and and you grew up with with something opposite of me where maybe your parents were there or one of them left or, or you lost one early or, or late in life, I would really, really like to to talk to you about being on the podcast because I, I really want this to be a perspective. I want this to be a learning experience for me so that I can relate to, to a lot more people and love people more effectively because I don't know how to relate to that. And I would love to have you on the podcast even. Even if we have to do it through Skype or something, we can make it work. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that would be really cool. I want people to be encouraged by this and and other people to be able to learn new perspectives. Because a white guy from Nebraska who has had very little problems in life has, I feel, little perspective. I have some perspective, um, but I'm sure some of you have way more perspective and have gone through way worse things than me. And I would really like to to talk to you. I think that I think that's what I want this to partially be about this podcast helping each other out you know just gaining new perspectives and and learning about each other and I think yeah I want to share with you guys just a little bit about my like how I grew up and where I grew up I'm feeling so nostalgic now that I'm back in Nebraska out like out in this little country setting where there's only two houses around that I can see and now I'm it's I'm it's normal for me that I live in Nashville now so when I came back to Nebraska, I was like, oh, gosh, I can see stars again, and there's space, and there's quiet. I woke up today, and it was dead silent. If I stopped talking, it was just so quiet. It's crazy. And that, I mean, Nashville isn't like the biggest city, but there's noise everywhere. And our world is full of noise, even, I mean, just on our phones and everything, there's noise everywhere. So... I just kind of wanted to, I've been reminiscing on my past and my childhood and where I grew up, just thinking of memories with my sister and my friends here when I was a kid. And so basically, I grew up in a town two miles from here called Hader, Nebraska, H-A-D-A-R, really small town. It's actually called a village. It's, it's actually not even considered a town. It's considered a village, the village of Hader. It's on a sign as you drive in. Um... And basically, when I grew up, there was 297 people here, I think. And we grew up on on Pine Street. <laughs> I love I love driving by our old house, this this cute little tan house <coughs> with a couple big pine trees in the backyard, and a garage in the backyard where my dad would would work on projects and and he would actually build go karts. Um, that was my dad's side business when I was a little little kid. So he would. He discovered these fiberglass bodies, little little go-kart car bodies. So, like, for instance, there was one that he had that looked exactly like a replica of a Dodge Ram pickup. And basically, he would build the, the innards of a go-kart. So, basically, the chassis or the frame of a small car put a lawnmower engine on it. And he, he, he built it so that it had a gas and a, and a brake pedal. 
and he would paint these bodies to look like real little cars, put decals on them, so it would say Dodge or 4x4 on the back, paint little windows on them, and he would sell them on eBay. And it became a really cool little successful side business. And also, as kids, we got to drive them, dude. So I had the little Dodge pickup. It was blue, and my sister had a pink T-Bird. I can't even tell you how many trash cans Jaden hit back in the day. We would always drive through these alleys in town. Oh, there was like one alley in town, actually. And she would just plow into the neighbor's trash cans. <laughs> it was so fun. We would chase each other. And on the last day of school every year, I would b- drive my go-kart to school. I can't even tell you. It, it's the same similar feeling to going to the midnight premiere of Avengers for me. I'm a superhero nerd. I have been since I was a kid. This same feeling was in my soul as a young child driving this blue Dodger M go-kart to my school. The school was called Emmanuel Lutheran. And I thought someone was here. It kind of freaked me out for a second. Anyway, <laughs> the school is called Emmanuel Lutheran. And there's 20 kids in the entire school. I kid you not. We were all in the same room Seriously, Little House on the Prairie style with a little bit more siding on the buildings and probably better shingles, Laura shingles. And we would, I would drive this truck to school and I would pick up every single kid at at the very end of school, that, that final clock would just tick over to three and I would take every single kid on a ride down the block and back and I felt like a legend. I felt so freaking cool. I can't even explain it. It was the best. So that was like one of my, oh man, that was one of my best memories. Oh, dude, that was so fun. I was just a little kid just romping around town with my freaking truck, this baby truck. It was so cool. And it was fast. It was not, there's no way that was safe. I was burning out in the gravel, baby. It was so fun. And yeah, so we had many go-karts growing up. And we also had, okay, I also remember there was the edge of town, which was a, a farm fence, basically. There was another little alley that we would walk all the way down in the summers. And me and my sister would have a little bucket. And we would, there was this one, what were those little berries called? They're not blueberries. They're not cherries. They got little bumps and humps on them. What, what are those? They're so good. You see them in salads and stuff. Dang it. There's these cute little berries. I cannot remember what they're called. They're not grapes. What? (laughs) Anyway, there's a tree. There's one tree that had those berries on them. And we would pick them off for an hour or whatever and put them in the bucket. And then we'd take them home and rinse them. And then just snack on them throughout the the remaining days. And it was so fun just doing little things like that. The sunshine and these cute little berries. And you felt like you were finding treasure. And that's just one thing me and my sister did a lot. We would... We'd go on journeys, as we would call it. So my mom would help us pack up little lunches in our tin. We had tin lunch boxes. Mine was a Hot Wheels one. I can still remember. It was orange and black. We'd pack up our food. We'd put it in our backpack, and we'd get on our little mountain bikes, and we were we were off on a journey. We were Lewis and Clark, Jaden and Zach, and we'd go drive around the city. <laughs> the city. We'd go drive around the village on our bikes, and we would we would just find little places to adventure, like we would. There's one bridge in town, and we thought we were discovering a new world when we went underneath this bridge. 
I don't think we found much down there, but we would just set up camp. We had a friend. His name was Brandon. Us three were like the three musketeers, and we would just set up our little camp down there and throw rocks into the stream under the bridge and eat our food together and just laugh, and we would play, I don't know, kind of like your cowboys and Indians, but like we would just, we would make up superheroes and make up characters and battle each other, and oh man, I we spent so many years being creative in our minds with our imagination, and that's one thing about my perspective that I will never regret I will never be ashamed of or feel weird about is I am like so incredibly grateful and feel so blessed that I grew up in a village of 300 people and that I had parents who encouraged us to explore and and have fun and be imaginative I think that's a core reason maybe like one of the pinnacle reasons that I'm a creative person today and that I still have it like a childish fun imagination creative imagination is because I had to there was not a lot of things to do quote unquote in a small town but that forces you to think outside of the box and I think that's a reason why I like having limited resources because it pushes you to find new ways to do things and make things look bigger than they are or feel bigger than they are or be higher quality than they actually are with a budget or something because you had to use what you had and, and be creative and and thoughtful and imaginative. I don't know. I, I've just been thinking about that the past day and I feel like I unlocked something in my, my soul and it just made me so thankful for where I came from. Just a small town kid in Nebraska it's so awesome. And I'm only 25. I, I just can't wait to see. I can wait, and I'm excited to go through the journey. But it's going to be so exciting to see, I don't know, when I'm gone someday, when, I'm, when I've died or or teleported. Um, I can't wait to – I hope that people – I hope that I lived my life in a way where people are blown away and inspired that I that I came from that and ended up wherever I end up. <coughs> I don't know if that's selfish or arrogant, but I really care about legacy, and I want to do something great with my life, um, even if it's on a small scale. I don't need to be famous. I don't need to have a million followers. I, I really don't care much about that. Um, I just want to do something meaningful and, and have fun doing it and meet great people along the way, form this awesome team of human Avengers with no powers other than our skills and our love. <sighs> It's going to be good, man. It is good. It's already good. And I'm already kind of living in that. And I that's one thing I need to work on is just being appreciative of where I am right now. And I, I was, I'm trying, I'm not trying that well, honestly, but I want to start waking up and immediately thinking of what I'm grateful for and voicing it out loud, whether that's in a prayer, if you're like that, or just saying it or thinking it or writing it down. I think it has to be something tangible that you can see and, and interact with. But just writing down or saying what I'm thankful for or grateful for, and I was thinking about that today, like just the fact that I've been in Nashville for a year and I'm alive still. Like somehow my bills got paid. There was, there was a lot of months where that seemed not possible. <laughs> um, and just having Lauren in my life, my sister, my, my awesome parents, great friends that I still stay in touch with from college almost every single day. Man, I just feel blessed. It's it's cool. And none of this, I hope, comes off as arrogant. I'm just 
I'm telling myself that I need to be thankful every day. Um, and, and also it's important, I think, to be thankful for the hard crap, the, the struggles and the trials, the losses, because those do make us better. We can allow that stuff to refine us. And I'm, I'm not great at that. I, I can get very like complainy. I can get pretty complainy when, when crap happens or I can get down or feel low. Um, but I'm trying to get better at that to the point where like when my car exploded recently to just have a good attitude and laugh about it. Cause in the grand scheme of the story, that's just a small event. And I think how we handle those events is really something that defines us. It's, I think it's more about the, the reaction to a circumstance than the, the circumstance itself. Like if your car explodes, you freaking out and getting pissed and taking it out on somebody else. That that's kind of what shows your character, not the car exploding. That's just a that's just part of life, and that's my dad's been awesome um, throughout my life of teaching me that crap just happens. Stuff's just gonna happen. Things are gonna break. We live in a material world where things um, deteriorate. Everything deteriorates, um, even us. But we don't have to let our souls and our character deteriorate. We can actually grow that throughout our life. I don't think we have to, you know, we don't have to waste away, um, at least not inside. And, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited, guys. I just, I'm liking, I'm liking this life. It's cool. We have this day. We have this day. That's beautiful. Um, so tell somebody you love them today, you know? I think that's beautiful. I just, I get in more of a mode like this when I'm home because there's not a lot of distraction. There's just green trees, blue skies, and just being with family. Oh, it's so fun. I'm trying to think of other things I've done, like, throughout my throughout my childhood. What did I do? We we explored a lot in the, in the outdoors. We moved, so we moved into this house when I was 10 or 12, and so this house is just two miles away from that village. And along this main road outside here, there's a bridge about a mile down. And as kids, we would go out to that bridge, me, Jaden, and that other kid I told you about, Brandon. And we, we built this fort down there. And I think there's actually still remnants, one or two, from that fort. But we call it Fort Meso because our last name is Mayfield and Brandon's last name was Sothan. So we called it Fort Meso. And we found, so there's this river under that bridge that goes all the way out and we've walked the whole thing it's really cool we bring our bb guns out there and shoot trees and stuff and we found this old cow skull down in the in the river where a cow obviously died and the river must have eroded everything away except the skull and so we we wrote meso on that skull with a, i think it was a big sharpie and put it in the trees and built this giant lean-to fort against some trees <laughs> we felt so cool going down there um, and we would, we'd find there's a lot of people would dump their trash off that bridge. Cause, uh, people suck everywhere. People litter everywhere. Why? Dude, I was in Nashville a couple days ago and I'm, I'm driving on this, I'm in this roundabout on, on down in downtown Nashville. There's cops driving around. There's people everywhere. And this guy just has a drink, takes the lid off the drink. He's standing on the sidewalk by the roundabout about to go in front of my car and just throws the drink into the road. Why? Why is that a thing? Is it so hard? I've never found it necessary to litter. 
The only time it would be necessary to litter is if somebody, if you're in a car and somebody accidentally pooped or threw up in a bag. Then it's okay to throw the bag out the window. You haven't, you are fine. Because even if a cop finds it or something, they're going to be like, oh, there's poop in this bag. There's poo poo in this bag that they made the right choice. There will be no fine today. But if you're not accidentally dumping or puking in a bag, you have no reason to litter. Find a trash can. Please. Keep this world clean. I don't want to see trash. It's, It's bad. There's no benefit. There's no good in throwing stuff. Okay? So we find trash down by this bridge because of people. and But we would make good use of it. We'd find these glass bottles and we'd set them up on the bridge on this little like shelving thing on the bridge. We would get our BB guns, we'd pump those suckers up to 11 and we'd shoot those glass bottles and watch them explode. They'd blow up. That was fun. That was a good time. I had a handheld pistol BB gun. And then eventually I got myself a rifle, baby. I got myself a rifle. And, dude, I would pump that rifle just nine times. Dude, I would shoot that thing off. The rifle would fly two miles away. Then we'd spend the whole rest of the day finding the rifle. And, yeah. And eventually, one day, we ran out of targets. (laughs) This is down the road. We were a little bit older at this point. I remember pumping that rifle up. And (laughs) Jaden, my sister, was... (laughs) I was a terrible brother. Oh, I was a terrible person a lot. Uh, my sister was running through that field, just prancing like a cute little girl. I pumped that rifle up. I'll point the reticle right at her hips. I fired off. Oh, dude. That BB went in. That left a bloody little thigh mark on her. And I felt so bad. It was. I don't know why I did it. I mean, I know why. I'm a, I was a boy. And I needed a target. Couldn't find anything else. So there's a running sister. Let's pop one off, baby. So I fire one off. Get a. Gosh, keep sounding like someone's coming in. It's freaking me out. I guess I should keep my shades off so I can see if an intruder comes in. Then I should have my rifle on me, my little BB gun. But I don't. Alas, I don't. Taking the shades off, okay? Sorry about that. Anyway. Anyway, give her a bloody hip, bloody uh, bloody thigh. I felt so bad. We walked home. She was crying. I felt terrible. I had to tell my parents. They were not happy. And I got so mad at myself, and I didn't. <laughs> this is kind of sad. I knew that I would be tempted to shoot her again because it was fun. So I took my rifle, and we have a, a basketball hoop out in the front drive, and it's the solid. It's a solid iron beam cemented into the ground. I took the stock of my rifle and r- raked it across, like slammed it on that beam, and it snapped the rifle in half. And I was like, "Dang it! There goes my rifle." I was like, kind of mad, but then I was like, "Okay, well, I can't shoot her again." So it was good. That was the last day I had a rifle. R.I.P. Rifey. Gonna miss you, baby. We miss you so much. Oh, we had pet turtles. We had oh. <laughs> Yes. So at our little Lutheran school, every year we would have a talent show. And one year I was just, I I got obsessed with turtles for a year or two. And my dad bought us these little baby, they're called red-eared sliders. They're basically a little bit, they're like like a silver coin size. They're so cute. And we got two of them. 
One was we named Ninja, and the other one we named Gunslinger. And for my talent at the end of that year, I don't remember how old I was at all, but for that talent show, I built a racetrack. <laughs> I remember not really caring. I was like, I don't really want to invest in the talent show this year. I'm just going to race my turtles. It's kind of funny and ironic. I love that I had ironic humor back then. That's funny. Um, so I built this little racetrack. So I had a, it was like just a two by a two by four, um, with a divider on it on like a divider on each side and a divider in the middle. And I painted it cool racing colors, I guess. And I put the turtles on it and just, I think I put food on the other end and had them race toward it. And I didn't think it was going to be anything. And then like all, all the crowd was like parents and grandparents and other kids. The whole crowd eventually was screaming, like standing around these quarter sized turtles just (laughs) freaking out i don't even remember who won but they died both the turtles died at some point they didn't die right after the race or during they died at some point after very sad i loved those little turtles i don't remember if i forgot to feed them or something but yeah gunslinger and ninja passed on and i buried them in uh checkbook boxes somewhere actually just right out here Probably like 50 feet away from here. There's probably still a, a turtle carcass down there. Um, some fossils. Maybe somebody will discover them in the future and like think it's part of a, a dinosaur. Who knows? There's the, It'll happen. But you know what I'm talking about? Those, like how checkbooks came in those little cardboard boxes. Perfect coffins for uh, turtles. So if you need one, just get a checkbook. <laughs> You need a coffin for your baby animal. That's terrible. I'm a horrible person. Terrible person. What else did I do as a kid, man? Who was I? Who was I back then? What did I do? Talked about the go-karts and the turtles, explorations, the, the firing squad. What else, man? Oh, we had a mountain bike phase. Oh, man, I was a biker. I have footage. Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't have it with me. I would show you guys a clip at the end of the podcast, but I'll show you when I get home. I'll have to post something. I'll just maybe I'll just post it on Patreon. That would be kind of a fun reward. Like home video stuff. I I guess maybe you guys wouldn't care. I don't know. But so I we had a mountain bike phase. So I got a mountain bike from Walmart to ride around town because I started to get too big for the old bike, I think. And uh me and my sister would ride our mountain bikes around. We got super into that and, and eventually we started like we started building ramps. My dad had all this extra wood in his garage in Hader. And we would start building crazy ramps. And by crazy I mean I mean like six inches off the ground. And we would ramp these babies. Eventually we form a whole squad of kids around Hader. So about ten kids. That's about every kid in town. That's a good turnover rate. That's a hundred percent of the kids in town. There's ten kids. Something like that. We all got our bikes, and we'd be ramping off these things, these little ramps that we built, about six inches. Eventually, we got wild. We were like, we need to build some big old ramps. So what we did in the fall, we we formed this event. Dude, we were entrepreneurs, man. We formed this event called Bike Bash. It was so sick. I still have footage. I'm going to make a Bike Bash video for you patrons. Um, so basically... We would we did it in the fall because the leaves would come down and we would bag all these leaves up and we get these heavy duty big bags of leaves. We we get like fifteen to twenty bags, giant. And then we built we had a small ramp about six inches, medium ramp about a foot, 
And then we had this ramp called Ultra Air. It was three feet off the ground. And the, the runway, like the actual ramp part of itself, was only a foot wide, which was so unsafe. I can't believe my parents let us do this. But so we would set these up at the end of a gravel drive and, and basically where you ramp into grass. And so we would start off, we'd put one bag in front of the ramps, one bag of leaves. And each, basically we would go until somebody, like until everybody made it, and then we would add a bag. So now you understand the process. And I can't remember, the egotistical part of myself wants to say, I was the only one who ramped off Ultra Air. But I think there was a couple people who did it, but it was actually scary. Like you're ramping these little Walmart bikes off this three-foot ramp over a ton of trash bags full of leaves. And we definitely had some crashes. But I don't think anybody ever actually got hurt. We probably had one kid cry, but he was really little. He was fine. He's, little kids are flexible. They can just hit a wall and just kind of noodle around a little bit and they'll be fine. But it was fun. That was a big phase, and that kind of turned into mountain biking and skateboarding for multiple years. And I tried to learn how to skateboard. I never really got good. I think I did a kickflip once. Um, I could only pretty much ollie and pop shove it. I was terrible. I never went to a skate park because we didn't have one. So there was never really a chance for me to get good at it. That's an excuse. I just sucked. But it was still really fun. It was a great, great time. I'm thankful for those years because it got us outside. Like When I think of my childhood, it's outdoors. And there was a point where we got an Xbox and played video games and I fell in love with that and that was a phase and, and that's still a part of my life. I love video games, but I feel like I got a very well-rounded childhood where I got to be outdoors and learn how to be um, into athletics and sports, mountain biking, skateboarding, exploring, being creative, making videos, um, doing video, playing video games and stuff like that. It was, oh man, it was awesome. It was so good, and uh, I think it just gave me a creative mind. Like I said before, it kind of kind of forced that, in, but in a beautiful way. Um, so yeah, I I think about having kids someday, and I don't. That thought I tend to push away a lot. I don't I don't like those conversations right now, and it's I'm too hostile toward that because I get when I when me and Lauren like talk about the idea of kids or something, I tend to get pushy or like. Not pushy, but like I'll build up a wall or just kind of like push the idea away, I guess. Um, and I think it's more, it's it's pretty selfish because I think the main reason is because I want to think about me. Then this phase of life, I think it's okay. All right, here we go. I think it's okay to be selfish in some ways. To not to just focus on yourself and be a douche to other people. But it's okay to like work on your career and chase your dreams and focus on what you want to do and make sacrifices for that. Because I want to set myself up with a life in the future where I am making things like this and hanging out with cool people and doing creative things and that's my job, my career, my living. I want a sustainable future doing that and I realize that means there's sometimes where I just can't hang out with people or I can't can't do something because I'm putting in those hours. I'm trying to balance all that, but there is definitely an element of sacrifice. I think that's okay if you if you learn to balance it. And I'm still learning that. I don't have any advice because I'm still figuring that out. Um, but there, you can definitely take it too far. And I do that sometimes where I don't even want to talk about 
the idea of children because it freaks me out and makes me feel like claustrophobic, like I can't live my dreams. When that's not true. It's just it's okay to talk about things and, and it's okay to let other people dream with you. That's another thing. I'm trying to learn that one. It's okay to let other people dream with you. I think it's important. They shouldn't be just us dreaming. That wouldn't be fun. It's fun where there's a world full of dreamers. Where the heck was I going with this? Huh? Somebody want to send me a live message? Oh, yeah, I think about having kids and it scares me. One reason because I am terrified of this world that we live in. There's a lot of cool stuff, but I don't want my kids to have phones. Like part of me is like, "Oh yeah, my kids need phones so I can pick them up from school or whatever." But I went until I was my first phone was the Motorola Razor. You all know what that phone was. That phone was sick. Still sick. I want it back. But I didn't have that. That was my first phone. I didn't have an iPhone until the iPhone 4. And I've had iPhone ever since. But, I mean, the majority of my childhood, I had no idea what a phone was. And that it wasn't as popular back then. But I think there's an overuse now. Like, when I don't know how I feel. I'm not a parent, so I can't judge. And I don't know what it's like, so... If you're a parent, I'm not trying to say anything, whatever. But like when a parent just hands a kid an iPad when they're crying and they just glaze out, glaze their eyes over watching YouTube or something, that worries me. That freaks me out. I just want my kids to be able to to grow into well-rounded people and not remember their entire childhood as looking at a screen. I mean, some of that is awesome. I think a lot of inspiration comes from watching shows and movies and, and videos. I I mean, obviously, that's what my life is. That's what I love. But there's also a lot of creativity and development that comes from interacting with other kids and exploring like and being creative, coming up with something on your own without watching a video about it or something. I don't, I don't really know exactly what I'm saying, but I just get nervous about having kids in this era. But I also, uh, I feel like every person's like, oh, my kid's going to be different. My kid's going to make a change. My kid's going to be the one that changes the world. Like, I've in like my part of myself, the part of me that's unique, like that wants to be so unique, is like, oh, dude, I'm going to have a kid that's so well-rounded and healthy that they're going to show everybody else how to do it. That's probably a little ridiculous. It's like, oh, yeah, I want to have a super kid for sure. But I'd have to be a super dad for that to happen. I don't know. Even me saying my me being a dad, those words like in the same phrase, <laughs> it definitely freaks me out a little bit. Um, But <laughs> we'll see. Who knows? Maybe I'm, I'm sterile. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's horrible. Lauren, if you're hearing this, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You can't hurt me. I live in Nashville. I'm not in Nashville right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, guys, I'm so thankful for you, you patrons. You guys are awesome. Um, You guys are so sick. I need to shout out all my patrons. Um... Yeah, and if you're listening to this on iTunes or An- Anchor or wherever you get podcasts, please, please, please consider becoming a patron, guys. Um, 
I want to connect with you guys and and show you guys the video side of this because I'm really I'm really proud of that. I love that. And um, we got 39 patrons, man. That's so cool. I'm so thankful for you guys. And um, oh man, there's some other stuff I wanted to talk to you guys about. Okay, I'm gonna talk to you guys. I'm gonna shout out all my patrons quick, and then I'm gonna tell you one thing that's kind of exciting. That it's kind of a job opportunity thing. I know I've gotten multiple little things like that that I've turned down, but this is a this is really exciting, and it's not for sure yet. But I'm gonna shout out my patrons, and I'm gonna tell you guys a little secret. Okay, here we go. So we got Andrew Banks Nash, Brandon Anderson, Brandon Steger, Caleb Ginger. Chris House, Christian Reddle. It was his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Christian. You're a huge inspiration in my life. Love you, man. Daniel Peacock, he... Oh, I don't know if I can say this. Well, I'm gonna. He he bought my old podcast gear for his wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Sonia. Um, enjoy your podcast gear, and if I ruined your gift for you, so sorry. We got Devin Nicole, Dylan Cabral. He's getting ripped lately. Elisha Ruman, Eric Dollister, Hannah Markley, Jared McCoskey, my cousin, Jason Hackworth, I always salute you, I don't know why, it's just kind of funny, my mom, Jennifer Mayfield, Jesse Friday, John Fleischman, Jonathan Lane, Josh Roth, my boy, gonna see you in a couple days, Josh Carlin, Josh Huey, Cash Carter, my uncle, he's beautiful, Kevin Johnson, Kyle Schaefer, my cuz, Luke Carmichael, Manny Zapeda, you have the coolest picture on here and your name is really cool, Manny Zapeda, 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 Matt Leal, Michael Mayfield, father, Michael Weeble, oh, Buford, love you, man. Nate Christian, Noah Watson, Norman Hex. That sounds like a really strong guy. Norman Hex, dude. That's a that's a super villain name. Norman Hex. That's crazy. I love that. Perry Mulder, Thought Ray, Regan Carrier, Seth King, the Chungi, <laughs> Tony Stanton, Tyler Beakley, and Zach Thayer, who was the first guest on this podcast, guys. You're all so amazing. You're making my dreams come true. We're about 20% of the way to our goal and uh, couldn't be more thankful. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to be because I'm selfish. Let's see. What did I want to talk to you about? Oh, yeah. So, dude, this is kind of crazy. So I've been kind of turning down quite a few little client offers because I'm really focusing on Patreon, um, like the podcast and my YouTube channel. I'm really focusing on that this year. I'm I'm setting my sights on that. I'm working really hard. And so it's been kind of hard to turn some things down, but it's also felt really good to, to learn how to say no. And then this, I told you guys that Dave Altizer from Kinotika, Dave Mays, I should say, he hit me up with advice for my YouTube channel. I told you guys all about that. I don't need to go over that again, but he helped me out and is basically teaching me YouTube business, like working on getting more views, but still being myself and making authentic content. It's really cool. And then he hits me up last week. He calls me and basically says, hey, man, how's the channel going? After we talked, I was like, honestly, I've been getting significantly more views and, and ad revenue, and it's just been fun. It's been awesome. People have been responding, been growing the subscribers. He's like, that's awesome, man. And basically he said he really wants to start focusing on his personal channel, Dave Mays. Cause, so he works for Kinotika. He's the face of that channel. He does a lot of He does all the work. Connor does the editing, but Dave is the face of it and the idea guy, I'm pretty sure. And he wants to eventually branch off and just do his personal thing, Dave Mays. And he's really smart. He knows how to get views, and 
he knows how to make videos that people want to see. So I, I know that he'll be successful. And he said, basically, he just doesn't have time to edit. And uh, he basically offered me uh, an editing position for his personal channel. And so I accepted. And basically, I'm going to be editing one video per week for him for the next month or two months. And if it goes well and his stuff grows and gets a good amount of views and stuff, he's going to pay me monthly to do all of his video editing for his personal channel. <laughs> Which is crazy because that would basically mean immediately that my full-time job is YouTube. And I know I said I don't want to do client work, and I don't really. I'm kind of getting, trying to get past that. Um, but the, I don't consider this client work. I consider this YouTube, and it's awesome. Like growing somebody's channel that's passionate and doing a good job, and he's helping me in, in return by obviously paying me, and he's also like my YouTube counselor, basically. He's helping me learn how to do this YouTube thing, and it's crazy, man. So if it works out, I'll make enough money from him and Patreon to be full-time, <laughs> which is crazy, and that means a lot of my time will go into editing his stuff, but then I can map out a really like healthy schedule of okay, these are the times I'm shooting videos for my channel, these are the times I'm editing videos for my channel, and then editing videos for his channel. And I'll be able to, to not have to take any client work. And then that means I can share, anytime somebody hits me up saying, hey, can you do this client gig? I can be like, well, actually, I don't do this, but I know this guy who does. And I can send that client to somebody who really loves client work and is good and passionate about it. So I can help other people by doing that too. That's the goal. I'll update you guys weekly on how that works because I'm going to be editing Dave's first personal video this week. I think he shot it yesterday or two days ago. So I'll be editing that for, I think, Friday. I got to get those files, huh? But I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. I really hope it works um, because then I wouldn't have to drive for Postmates in the evenings. I could just do video stuff, and I could do it from wherever, which would be amazing. So... Oh, gosh, guys, I'm so excited. I feel so blessed. You guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. Um, even if you're not on Patreon, I get it. Like, if you're just listening, it's amazing. Please, please share it with a friend. Um, for the next three weeks, I'm going to try to have guests. We're going to see how it goes. we got the portable rig ready to go. Thanks to you guys. You guys are amazing. Uh, I love you all so much. Peace and blessings, y'all. And if any of you are musicians... I want a new intro. I really want an intro for this podcast that's cool. A little bit of a rock vibe is what I'm wanting, but chill. I don't know if I have anybody out there that would be willing to, to do that or help me with that, but let me know. Love y'all. We'll see you on the road. God bless you. Bye-bye.